Welcome back to KCW News Central here on 88.1. The Berg is 10:10 this morning. I am your host, Soma Lambert, joined by Bryce Junquist and Brandon Dolman. And now we are fortunate enough this morning to be welcomed by Ellensburg Mayor Bruce Tab. Uh, Mr. Tab, thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. No, thanks for inviting me up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll go ahead and open the floor up uh, for the next, uh, you know, however long we have you here this morning. Uh, for for students listening and for everyone listening out there, can you kind of talk to us? A little bit to start out uh, about how you directly kind of uh, talk with university officials. You know, is it a conversation with President Gardino that you're, uh, you're that you're constantly having, or how does you, how do you and your office kind of uh, correlate with here on campus? Okay, so well, a couple different things. Um, <clears throat> I am the mayor. Um, in the city of Ellensburg, we have what's called a, a weak mayor system. And so fundamentally, that means I'm not actually elected directly by the voters. Um, we have a city council of seven members, and those other six members then voted for me to become mayor. Um, and the mayor is not a full-time job by any, any means. I mean, it's, I, I've got a daytime gig and actually work. Um, that said, um, this is my second term in mayor, as mayor. Both times, I felt that the relationship that the city has with Central um, is critical. I mean, it's, it's critical to the city and I think it's critical to the university. Um, you know, so as a result, uh, we're in, uh, we've, we do at least two meetings, uh, formal meetings a year with uh, President Gaudino uh, and his cabinet. Um, it's an opportunity for both sides to really kind of air where we're going, what are the issues, what do we see coming up, um, and really kind of facilitate communication so there's not surprises that evolve. Um, there's also an incredible amount of ongoing communication that I'm not necessarily even aware of between city staff and staff here on Central. So. Uh, when we're doing, when you're doing things like uh, taking the chimp lab down, building a new athletic facility, putting a dorm in, all of those kinds of things requires coordination with the city. Uh, and, and I've heard nothing but positive uh, comments from both city staff and university staff on that working relationship. Um, we also strive really hard, or at least I've, I think I've strived hard, to build a relationship uh, with the student government. Uh, so uh, the current president of the student government, GEO, I'm blanking on his last name, but Gio um, actually sits on our Public Transit Advisory Committee. Uh, he recently served on the Ad Hoc Affordable Housing Committee that, that framed the next steps uh, for the, uh, <coughs> for the um, investment of the affordable housing dollars that we're seeing. Um, I'm actually going to be up on campus uh, next Friday to meet with the executive board, um, you know, because as you're aware, um, the student government flips every year. Um, so you have new people coming in, and this is an opportunity from my perspective to talk about what's worked um, with the student government in, in terms of communicating with the students, and then what has not worked and what can we do better going into the next year. Um, Mr. Tab, when I talked to you about a week or two ago, you said you were up for discussing housing uh, in Ellensburg. And what can you tell me about the problem with housing in Ellensburg right now and how it affects campus uh, here at CWU? Um, well, I think the problem with housing affects everybody that lives in the, in the community, and I think one of the things we need to recognize is that students are part of this community. Um, so when we talk about student housing, when we talk about uh, community housing, in a lot of ways that's one and the same. Um, you know, if you come here and, and you're on campus for four years, you, you can register to vote, you are spending your money here, you're potentially trying to find a house or an apartment to rent. Um, so from my perspective, you're, you're an integral part of what makes this community what it is, and it's a good part of this community. Um, that said, it's simply, I think, uh, at this point, uh, uh, um, 
not much different than what you're seeing in King County or really around the state or around the country in a lot of ways. It's a uh, kind of classic supply and demand. Um, if it, you know, we're not simply able, I think, to see enough sufficient numbers of apartments or houses go up. Um, it's not, and it's not just the rental market. Um, you know, one of the pieces that we see is, um, you know, if you wanted to buy a house in Ellensburg, even at this point, um, a house across the street from me just went on, on the market last Saturday. They had an offer by the end of the day, um, and it's basically sold. Um, when things are moving that quickly, there's a pressure, on, there's an upward pressure on prices. It's just, you know, that's what's going to occur. Um, I think so that the housing crisis, the affordable housing crisis, really, I, I, when we were looking at, when we, when we uh, were successful in getting the affordable housing initiative passed, um, I mean, we're looking at about an eight-tenth of one percent vacancy rate for the types of studio and, and, and three-bedroom houses that, that typically students would look to rent off campus. Um, even with the, uh, I think Central is uh, building a new, I forget how the number, I think it's 250 or 300 bed uh, residence hall. Um, you know, even when you look at that and then you look at the number of um, simple, simply houses or apartments that are needed, that's just one step and it still will not get us to what, what's considered, um, I, I guess, a healthy, a healthy market in the sense that you're at a four or five percent vacancy rate which then provides more flexibility in what's going to occur with rents. How much growth has Ellensburg gone through in the past couple of years? We're, we're talking about, you were just talking about putting, they're putting up a new dorm. Right. And are there going to be new housing developments going up? And if so, where are they going to be growing? Where are local businesses going to? Can you give us some information on that? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think there was, a, there was something that came out in the... Um, I think it was in the in the Seattle Times that, that indicated that, that Ellensburg in Kittitas County is one of the fastest growing micro uh, areas in the entire country. Um, we, we do our own growth projections and we project a, a growth of about two and a half to three percent annually. Um, when you talk with folks at the administration level at CWU, they, they, they indicate that the growth, I think, I think there's a that the growth in students is not as great as what we perceive it to be in the community. It's, it's I don't know how that exactly plays out, but, uh, but there is growth, but there's not uh, the, that kind of exponential growth that, that people talk about in the student population. Um, so fundamentally, what we're doing is, um, I know that, for instance, there's a, I think it's a 300-bed apartment complex coming in. Uh, it's north of campus. Um, sounds like it's some, similar to the Grove or what used to be the Grove. I think it's got a different name now. Um, you know, so the private, the private sector, they're just as a, a 20, I think it's a 24-bed unit that just opened up off of downtown. Um, from an affordable housing standpoint, the city's in conversations with affording um, multifamily affordable housing developers here in the city. So we've identified at least two parcels where um, affordable housing apartments or affordable apartments could be built. Uh, one of them is close to our downtown. Uh, the other one is out by one of the elementary schools. Um, uh, the other, and the other thing we're looking at as we're going through is, is uh, I mean, this is weird stuff that you end up learning because you're part of the city's process, um, is our land development code could be more flexible, I think, which would permit different types of developments to occur, which could also in turn allow more affordable housing to be constructed. From your perspective, so, I mean, obviously we've talked in length about how the university's grown, uh, the new athletics facility that's uh, in progress, as new as the uh, new residence hall. From your perspective, 
Uh, what are the things that the town of Ellensburg needs to do to grow with the university to kind of uh, link that growth together? I guess is my question. Well, I think, I mean, again, I think that's, that's um, part of what I see happening typically is that the private sector will respond as the university grows or as the community grows. I mean, that, that's sort of a given. Um, and that typically comes out of your small business sector. Um, that said, as a, as a community, I mean, we, we're working closely with the entrepreneurial institutes that you have on campus. There's about, I think, 35 or 40 students um, that go through that program. They come through it with a vetted business plan. Uh, one of the conversations we've had within the city is how could we provide capital to those folks who are looking to be entrepreneurial but also then remain in the community. Uh, we were just part of the, uh, the federal tax code that just uh, was passed last year. Uh, includes an opportunity, what, what they call opportunity zones, which are actually tax credits that people can utilize, that businesses could utilize if they were to locate here. Uh, we made application actually in about a two-week process as the, uh, in one of our census tracts. The university is part of that, and it goes through the downtown and into our, uh, some of our commercial areas. Um, we feel that the opportunity zone then potentially could be used as a tool to attract businesses, which could have then in turn support students to find work here if they wanted to remain here. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a wide range. You know, it's how do we help the individual that's coming through the university that has a great idea for a small business uh, obtain capital and, and find a place to, to, to grow their business? Um, how do we use the tools that are available to us to attract businesses that are going to attract students to remain here if they choose to remain here? And then as that begins to occur, I think what you see typically then is a small business community that begins to develop the kinds of retail and commercial operations that students want to see or that people want to see in this community. So, Mr. Tab, um, you've been mayor right since January, is that correct? Yeah. Um, this is your second term. What exactly did you want to do when, in becoming mayor um, for your second term? Was there any sort of missions that you wanted to accomplish or something you wanted really to do in the community that was different than your first term? Um, I think that there were, there were a couple things. When I did my first term, and I actually had served two terms the first time around, um, the first time was um, really wanted to be able to, I touched on the land development code, and it, it's part of, you know, you, um, you get into government and you don't know how, really, you don't know anything. You just sit there and Somebody voted for you, and you, you felt like you had a good idea, and so it's all cool. Um, <clears throat> but I, um, one of the things that I discovered as I was doing that is that the land development code really does drive how you um, create affordable housing. It, it drives where your businesses go. There's a whole range of things. So one thing I wanted to accomplish that time was getting that land development code revised to reflect more uh, what, what's called smart growth principles. So it's, it's really more around walkable communities, around neighborhoods, and how do you begin to build and facilitate that kind of feeling in a town? Um, this time around, it, um, going into it, um, <clears throat> last November, we passed the Affordable Housing Initiative. So I felt like, uh, which was huge. I mean, we, we were literally the first uh, community east of the Cascades that have pa that where the voters have agreed to tax themselves to invest in affordable housing. Uh, it's an incredible uh, opportunity, and it's an incredible challenge. So I felt like... Um, Assuming that, that role of the mayor, uh, as we were moving forward with the affordable housing initiative, was really kind of an important piece um, to be in a position where you can kind of oversee that and support that to move forward. Um, it, and, and, and really, we are. I mean, we had promised the voters that by June we would have our commission up and running. Um, we actually just formed an ad hoc uh, that's making recommendations to the council that the commission will be appointed by June 1st. 
Um, and really at that point, we're going to be looking at how do we begin to go out and, and, and use the money that's coming into the city to create affordable housing opportunities for folks. That was a big deal. So talking about housing and growth, with that, students and residents are going to be living closer together. And last quarter... We're already living closer together. <laughs> last quarter... I mean, there's, there's students living like <laughs> yeah. a block away. I mean, it's what we do. With that, I did a story on the Ellensburg Quiet Hours, and it got a lot of attention, lots of controversy. And how do we find that balance when it comes to regulating noise in the city and expectations from the residents versus maybe students? Um, I, I mean, I think that's going to be an ongoing tension. It just, you know, in, in certain ways, it just is what it is. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of what's occurring. So, so a lot of the, a lot of the, the issues that I've heard historically, um, you know, have occurred as we've grown north of campus. And north of campus, you know, is, is an interesting piece. Um, there's a lot of student, there's a lot of single family student housing up there. So and when, when I say that, the, 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 the story on the streets, you know, is um, parents or someone is coming in, they buy a house, um, their son or daughter lives in it for, for four years, um, rent out two of the rooms, pay for the place and flip it when they leave. And so you've got a whole bunch of housing there that's student driven, but also has a yard and has a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of lend itself to partying, which, you know, and, and the reality is, is that's part of the part of it. I mean, that's, um, I, you know, I think that the sensitivity is really that piece of just being neighbor to neighbor. You know, if you've got an issue, talk to somebody, you know, just, um, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, we have noise waivers. We actually have noise waivers if you're doing a party. Um, though I just, there was just one, <laughs> truthfully, that I denied because the noise waiver ran from 11 o'clock at night till like seven in the morning. And it was like, I don't know if that's so good. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I mean, by the same token, it's, I mean, using my neighborhood as an example, we've got um, young families that live there. Um, I, I live on a block, one block up, there's probably four rentals. Um, it looks like students move in there all the time. Somebody was parking across the sidewalk so I walked up to him and just asked him, you know, it's like people walk here. Kids are walking to school. Um, which, you know, could you, could you put your truck in a different way? And, and, and basically since that point, it's just, it's been okay. You know, so I think a lot of it is just that piece of just, you know, we're all in this. You're a part of the community. I'm a part of the community. If there's an issue, start by having a conversation. Mr. Tab, I've been here, oh, man. Five long years now. Um, and okay, so you should take out the five long. <laughs> I, I had to put it in there. I, I couldn't help myself. But and during that time, uh, there's been um, a lot of racially kind of insensitive, uh, you know, flyers and stuff like that that have uh, appeared uh, across town. And uh, when your office uh, receives uh, something of that magnitude, um, what kind of actions, if any, do you put into place to kind of make uh, Ellensburg feel safer and Central Washington uh, university feel safe for everybody. Well, I think the I think the community, the broader community. I mean, the, the, so one of the challenges when you have that type of literature or that kind of, of those statements out there is that it really takes one or two individuals functionally that fundamentally that that can color the whole conversation. Um, you know, and I think as a community, um, th we need to recognize one that those those incidents and those events occurred. I think we should also recognize that an individual was was charged. Um, you know, was arrested and charged um, for distributing the literature. So, so just just on a straight law enforcement, you know, this is a significant issue for this community. This is not something we're sitting back and 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 ignoring. Um, the Ellensburg Police Department, I think, responded well, uh, conducting an investigation and then ultimately um, arresting the individuals that were responsible. 
I th also feel like it's important for the community to respond, to, uh, to, to, to really do some of the things that we did do. I mean, um, the not in our Kitco kinds of things that, that, that really indicated that hate is not part of what we do here. Um, you know, being empowering people to stand up and make those statements and feel comfortable about it. Um, and clearly making that statement that that whatever is reflected in a flyer or or where screamed at somebody as they drive by, um, you know, is simply not the norm and, and really is not necessarily tolerated. Um, you know, I, I've done a couple of uh, of the uh, I don't know if they were protests, marches, I guess, around DACA and and some of the things that have happened in the community on street corners in downtown. Um, you know. Have there been people came, come by that, that said not such pleasant things? Yeah. But the vast majority of people that drove by folks that were waving signs and uh, were supportive. I mean, they were, they were honking their horns. There were waves. So, I mean, I think there's that piece, again, of you've got one, not, not to ignore that there's, there's uh, hate, um, there's potential discrimination, uh, but also that as a community, simply by living without hate and accepting others, we can make this a stronger place. Talking about those situations and talking about diversity of opinions, I mean, I've only been here a year, but this town, I see some Is different... Is it a long year? <laughs> yeah, a long one year. <laughs> but being here, I've seen we kind of have a culture of city college kids mixed with the agricultural community. How do you make Ellensburg pleasing for everyone? Because a lot of people from different backgrounds come here and they find this place to be in their home. Um, again, I don't know that there's one simple, you know, wave of the wand and say, okay, it's all good for all people. I, I mean, you know, when my, when my uh, children were going through school here, I mean, it, you know, they went, through, they went through the high school, they did running start up on campus. The reality of it is, is that, I mean, even then, I mean, there, there were people that, you know, there, there were folks that were connected to the ag community, there were the, um, people that were doing sports. I mean, it's, it's sort of still got that clicks, and, and, it, and, it, and in certain levels, it, it's going to be, it is what it is. I mean, I think what we need to be able to do as a community, whether, whether you're you know, here on campus or, or in, in the town itself, you know, is again recognize that it's a community, and, and there are differences in the community, and simply because you're different doesn't mean that you're wrong. Um, and then you work together somehow to make it a, a more inclusive and welcoming place. And I think that's the other piece, that, that piece of being inclusive or welcoming, um, I think breaks down some of those barriers. You don't have to think like I do. I mean, you know, I've got people, because I'm, I'm, I'm clearly I, I got elected, you know, there's people that I, that I deal with on a regular basis that aren't aligned anywhere near where I am politically. Um, you know, but, but the reality is we sit down, I mean, we actually want to create a new political party. It's called the Party of the Radical Center. Um, and our tagline is we get things done. And, and the reality of that is, is in a similar way. I'm not going to agree with every person, but, but in certain levels, there's places where you come together and you can make it work. Um, is there anything going on right now that you'd like to discuss as far as projects that the city uh, is involved in? Well, I think the affordable housing initiative is the biggest one that you're going to see an impact on for, for both students and, and for the community. I mean, there's, there's the smaller ones. Uh, I think we just, um, you know, as, as the athletic complex is coming in, and uh, we're kind of redoing Main Street so that that, that flow of traffic will be a little bit different. Uh, we're in the process of connecting the John Wayne Trail, uh, actually with Central's uh, support. Um, and that's sort of a big deal for, for uh, folks if you... 
I don't know if you've ever been out on that thing, but you know, it, it, it ultimately it'll it'll just run all the way around the count the, the city through campus and then uh, all the way to the Columbia River. So so I mean, there's those kind of projects that are continuing that aren't flashy necessarily. They're not, not glitzy, but I think it makes it a better place for us to be. Gentlemen, and any last couple of closing questions for uh, for the mayor here before we send it out? One last one. I think an initiative that most students have seen an effect on is the plastic bag tax. So with that, how has that affected the Ellensburg economy, if it even has, and do citizens like it? And is the revenue made by it even worth it to tax plastic bags? Or what's your opinion on that? Well, I mean, I think that fundamentally, the re we, you know, we, we did quite a bit of research going into this around the impact of plastic bags, just the, the visual impact. Um, and it, I think it's recognized overall that, you know, plastic bags are almost like a symbol in a sense. I mean, they, people use them. They don't go away. I mean, there was just another thing out in the paper about, or I think, was it? I don't, know, I don't even know how big it was, but some, like, giant island of plastic that's somehow floating around the Pacific. Um, so, I mean, I think that, that in some level it was, a, it was a statement that said, you know, we can do things and make choices that are different. I, if you read some of the Facebook stuff, you would have thought that we'd ended civilization for all time. Um, you know, but... But I would also, um, but, and, and clearly we didn't because we've implemented it and we're still sitting here talking. Um, you know, but, but I mean, I think that what I'm seeing is that I think there was initial resistance and some real anger, and, and it was unfortunate in a way because the people, the cashiers, were often the ones that took the brunt of that anger. Um, you know, why are you making me do this? What I would observe now is people have got it. I mean, I, you know, if all you got to do is hang out in the parking lot at, at Safeway or Fred's someplace, and people are walking in with two, three bags or bringing in their one bag. Um, and I think they're basically they're making it work. So, I mean, I feel like ultimately to the revenue side, I mean, I think what we're going to look at as we go through this now that we have a year under our belt, none of the money from the nickel comes to the city. Um, part of it was just an accounting thing. We weren't sure how we could verify it and all this other kind of stuff. Um, what I've noticed is each one of the stores, particularly the bigger stores, code the bag. Um, so one of the things we're going to look at doing actually is going back to the stores as we get further into this, um, seeing what revenue is actually being generated by that nickel. Um, allowing them to keep a admi certain administrative fee, but have a conversation about returning those revenues back to the city to do environmental education. Because I think to me that would really begin to close the loop on it. Are you going to think about running for mayor again after your term this time, or uh, is this kind of? Yeah, it's you know it's what I got um, two more years. This is actually um, when do I, have to, I think this is my last two years as council. So the first thing I have to decide is whether I'm going to run for council again, uh, which would happen next year. Well, Mr. Tao, we want to thank you again for taking the time out of your Saturday morning to come and chat with us. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to working with you in your office more down the road. Yeah, anytime you have any questions or if, if you want to, um, I'd be glad to come back up and have further conversation. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're going to head to a quick break here on the other side. We have a story on uh, one of the recent departures of the CW men's basketball team. Stick around, KCW News Central, back in one minute.